Hi guys, uh, welcome to the second episode of Transfer Talk with the Ballers. Today we have uh, Utkarsh, Harsh, Akash and Shuja with us, with myself, Jayesh being the moderator for the conversation. Today we are going to talk about uh, the transfer strategies United, Manchester United and Manchester City will be taking care of. And uh, we'll speak about what prospect signings they are going to make. They have just completed Jadon Sancho. And they are targeting Rafael Varan. And with that, they are also planning to sell Paul Pogba. And so, uh, Utkarsh, my question to you here uh, in the beginning of the conversation today is uh, how Manchester United is planning to uh, <coughs> strategize what exactly they want to do for the next season? And do you really think, are they ready to uh, challenge for the title? To there at least three signings more away from winning the title at least okay and when i say three it is because i uh, i i really feel that we need a send while we need varan obviously if he is coming in uh, someone to partner maguire i also feel we need someone who can uh, who can allow us to play with two two attacking midfielders which I feel would be between Bruno and uh, Van der Beek, McTominay and Pogba if he stays. So that leaves us with Matic and uh, no, Fred. I, I genuinely feel that uh, while Fred will stay for this season, I think he might leave next season. Uh, yeah, I think we need to clear out. Uh, United needs to clean up by um, selling so, a lot of old players and then get the right re- replacements. So they oh. need a centre-back, they need a CDM. Uh, they have got Sancho, uh, which is cool. I don't know if we really need a right-back to re- uh, to com- give competition to Van Bissaka or we can continue to use Dalo. But yeah, uh, I, I think it's, a, it's in positive direction, but uh, still not the finished good. Okay, so when you talk about that, you need to unload a couple of players or let's say on a couple of uh, positions. Uh, who do you see walking this season? And uh, who would you like to see coming in? Like, not exactly what players, but what kind of players would you like to see playing in those roles and how how crucial their presence needs to be in uh, Manchester United uh, challenging for the title? I think we need to sell off uh, Anthony Marshall, Jesse Lingard, Bai, uh, in fact, Paul Pogba if he wants to go. Because from the rumours, at least £350,000 a week was offered to him and he rejected that. That would have made him second highest earner in Manchester United and he still rejected that. That just says that he is probably going. So if he wants to go, he should go. Um, I personally don't think any club should keep a player who do, who doesn't want to stay because then you know one one bad apple spoils the entire basket right uh, okay so that approach will be there uh, obviously i think we need to get rid of some defenders as well we have way too many center backs who do not perform at the level that we want them to uh, so yeah jesse lingard paul pogba marshall maybe jones and bai these are the players that i think would go and okay. uh, the type of players that need to come in, we need a ball-playing but defensive cent- uh, centre-back. Sorry, defensive midfielder. And obviously a centre-back who is fast, 
has the pay, uh, you know, has the physical uh, athleticism uh, to perform in Premier League. Um, I so yeah, I think those two are definitely Very required. Okay. Yeah, for okay. for the spine of the team to be really strong, and that will put them in the right in the right direction. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Harsh, I would like to ask you a question here. Uh, regarding what Ukkarsh exactly pointed out that there are a couple of players United needs to unload first uh, for them to be on the track to challenge for the title. He mentioned the name Jesse Lingard and his current stint on the second half of the season with West Ham United was spectacularly dazzling and he has uh, done so well. He had a, you can say, board where he termed it Jesse 2.0. So, do you think uh, Jesse Lingard deserves a second chance at United or uh, do you think Jesse Lingard should be let go or he should be looking at other options for game time? Okay, so I think uh, a big reason why some players don't work for Manchester United because the pressure gets to them. And there was genuinely too much pressure on the young chap. I think uh, the smartest decision right now would be to let the chap go. And get a buyback clause on it. And if Manchester United feels that in a year or two, the guy uh, Jesse Lingard has reached the levels of playing in for Manchester United, then uh, surely I think I think they should go, let him go. But he's he's a, a young prospective talent, so I think they should certainly include a buyback clause. Uh, apart from that, yes, totally agree to uh, what Utkarsh has said right now. I mean, uh, they have so Utkarsh, too many, too many yeah. uh, midfielders, too many midfielders right now. And uh, with the likes of McTominay, James, and also Van de Beek being pretty much unused last season. So, there is not enough space for uh, Lingard. So, definitely sell. Yeah. Okay. So, Utkarsh is done. Uh, would you want to add something here, Utkarsh? Yeah, good. I don't think he's a young prospect anymore. He's 28. Uh, and, and it's better to sell I think it's better to sell him off. Uh, and personally speaking, uh, no dis- and no disrespect to Jesse Lingard. I think he's a genuinely good player who would fit into a team which plays counter-attacking. He's not a type of player who will help you retain the ball. So, he's much suited for those teams which are, uh, you know, who play on the break. While United also plays on the break, uh, his his personal reasons and everything did affect the phase that United was trying to play, uh, you know, attack, counter-attacking football. But this season, they move, I mean, they, we were trying to transition into, you know, a ball-playing team who would keep the ball more. Uh, so I don't think he fits into it. So should sell him off. No need for buyback clause because he's just way too old for it now. Uh, yeah, that, that's all I wanted to add. Okay. Uh, another follow-up question to you, Harsh, and uh, a, a part of that question would follow to Utkarsh as well. Well, everyone's talking about uh, how they make uh, need to make changes on the right wing side or left on the CDM side or on the centre back side. Then they are very well taken care of on the full back side where they have uh, Luke Shaw on one end who has returned fabulously to the game. And you have Aaron Van Bissaka who 
as per his statement loves to make those tackles but one thing we are failing to address is the aging deheya and his performance getting dim um harsh what would you have to say about uh, getting dean henderson more chances this season or letting deheya be the number one because lack of chances in euros also will impact deheya mentally i think deheya is well past his prime right now the time is ripe for dean henderson to grab this opportunity and make the most out of it he played almost what 1000 minute plus last season which is a great start for a young keeper coming in and it's not easy to replace deheya and if dean henderson has replaced deheya i mean i'm pretty sure the guy has a lot of potential and uh, there isn't two ways for uh, uh, this decision uh, certainly dean henderson to be number 1 and deha can stick around play in other league games and other games and if you know we can really see and the player can really see how well uh, th- that kind of a setup fits in and apart from that uh, i have my inhibitions and i have my own doubts regarding uh luke shaw luke shaw is currently injured and let's see how much time is he going to take to come back to full fitness and uh his uh i mean it's uh, his euros undoubtedly was superb but then i just feel you know the english media and the fiasco regarding uh making players you know seem out of uh out of the ordinary is something very common for the english media so i think he has done really well but again uh, i think there's more hype to it than um, actual uh, than sticking to the um, ground and playing and uh, i think yeah let's see how well he recovers and how well he comes back to the team um utkarsh would you like to uh, you know contradict this point mm, maybe not man i i kind of agree with him ki media does hype it uh, like even maguire's come back in euros you know uh, when he came in uh, everyone start saying ki he he's really good and all i'm not denying he's not good he and he did have a good euros uh, just like luke shaw uh, but i think there's still scope of improvement there and he can become better and most importantly even before considering them to be the best uh, in their position i would want to see this sort of performance over a period of time not for one season i would want to see it for a couple of years at least before i give them that title kia luke shaw is the best left back in the world or of that so unless i don't see it happen for two seasons or maybe three seasons i i don't think we should we should jump the gun uh, i think that's the problem with today's world that everything uh, you know it's it's all about now one match you are the best one match you are the worst and i think same with dean uh, henderson and degia also I, i do agree that degia has is almost past his prime but i i genuinely feel that uh, he's at a uh, his contract at least is at a stage where him leaving united is not an option at least i don't see a club being able to afford his wages and everything even if someone is interested and i don't think degia would want to lower his wages knowing that this is probably his last this is his biggest contract that he's going to get ever in his career and everything from here is going to be on a lower wage 
because he's reaching that sort of phase. But at the same time, I do feel for Dean Henderson, it is a bit too early to be number one for Manchester United because one mistake from his side and people are going to eat him alive. Uh, so I think it has to be a good mix between the both of them. And I think that is why you have not seen rumors around, uh, you know, that United wanting to sell De Gea or even Dean Henderson. And I think they're going to keep both of them. Uh, and yeah, and probably next season is when I feel that De Gea would leave uh, and Dean Henderson would take over as a full-time first choice. Yeah. Uh, Harsh, you wanted to add something. Yeah, just two quick points. I think, uh, like... De Gea, there's no denying he's been a world-class keeper. I get, we all have seen him make tremendous saves. But then I think one player that cost most points last season to Manchester United was De Gea. Uh, secondly, uh, regarding uh, Luke Shaw, I just want to add Luke Shaw wouldn't have been even playing the tournament if it wasn't for Trent Alexander-Arnold to get injured. So... I mean, he has made the most out of it. He was really unlucky with the injury. He was really unlucky with whatever interaction and, uh, you know, his face-off with Mourinho was and whatever their issues were. Uh, yeah, uh, let's let's hope that uh, I am seriously hoping that Luke Shaw can come, recover well and perform well. But uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's certainly a lot of media fiasco around it. One quick point regarding Maguire. Maguire, generally, I mean, uh, no, uh, nothing taking back uh, from England and their performance. But England played an extremely defensive mindset where most of the creative bit was coming uh, from uh, Raheem Sterling and Harry Kane. To some extent, Saka as well. So, the amount of padding and the amount of protection Harry Maguire got for the tournament is not something which will be replicated in the Premier League. He would be left out, exposed when Manchester United would be hammering all in in front. So, that is also something uh, we need to be... I'm kind of sceptical about it. I think... Uh, I'm not very... I'm not yet convinced with uh, Harry Maguire as... As, as a very top-performing defender. I'm sure with uh, Varan coming in, he can improve. But let's see how it goes. Okay. Um, so, uh, thanks. Thanks for your views, Harshir. Uh, my question would be to Akash here. And since we have been talking about a lot of performance in the Euros and then being exposed in the Premier League, Akash, my question to you here is how... Uh, Performing for a country or performing for a nation impacts the mentality of a player when he plays for his club. What what kind of a difference does that make for a player in his performance and sets the expectation accordingly to uh, the viewers or the fans who are there, who are sitting out and waiting for Maguire to be as good as he was for England. So in case, since we are also very skeptical about you know, will he be equally be able to on the same level perform on the same level there? Do do you really think that this makes a impact on the players' mentality and the fan expectations? For sure, for sure. Uh, I think that uh, uh, when a player plays for his club, right, he trains with uh, all the players. He is he is with them with them throughout the year, right? They 
they go to they go for uh, internationals like uh, thrice or four, thrice or uh, twice a year okay so it's like uh, they are more gelled up with their teammates when it comes to club okay and uh, and they don't get enough opportunities to gel up with their teammates uh, uh, in international arena okay so i think uh, obviously and the every player dreams about uh, playing for their country okay it's their dream okay so the the, press, the amount of pressure is more when it comes to playing for their country and uh, uh, for me maguire is good but not he's he's not world class okay he has to work on himself uh, uh, like uh, like a lot and uh, with uh, with varan coming in maybe the maybe united defense will be better than before uh okay. and when it comes to luke shaw uh, i think he he did great last season and he would have played in euros uh, uh, because he's a left back and trent is a right back uh, they both are different positions so there is no connection between them uh, and he is better than chilwell i think so because the amount of games he played and the way he performed and he was uh, like he was good chilwell was good but luke shaw was better okay and uh, 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 when it, uh, so what was the question the question was the, the amount of pressure in international arena right you are talking yeah. about so it's how, more how, yeah so how does it leave a player exposed when he plays so when we are talking about uh, a maguire or let's say a luke shaw or for that matter of fact there were there will be a lot of forwards from england team who will be you know moving forward play for england like the likes of jaden sancho and marcus rashford so a couple of them had a good tournament and a couple of them had a bad tournament so how how do you see them coming into a united team who are who are doing really well i would say from what they were two to three seasons back or let's say from the time when sir alex yeah. left how how yeah. do they come into the team and shape them into something who uh, the fans expect to see them challenging for the title you so you talked about united challenging for the title right like this season so mm-hmm. i think the the basic thing for basic problem for united is it's not about it's not about amount of players they sign it's about the the way they play okay uh, every good team who is challenging for the title have their identity their style for example liverpool has gegen pressing heavy metal football city has some intricate passing uh like if not tiki taka but it's pep guardiola football okay chelsea has three at the back or something like that okay but with united they they are good at good at good on the break but they are not good good enough in breaking teams down okay so the basic problem here is the the management i, I think i am i don't buy the ole ole train okay like he is good but he's not good enough to uh, good enough to Uh, win the title okay but uh, obviously they, they they made signing and they got they will be stronger but i don't i don't think so it if this this signing the giant jaden sign hello did we all just lose him yeah i lost awesome. um so uh, with whatever akash was sharing here uh, utkarsh what my follow up question to you here would be uh, do you agree with him do you also not buy the ole train no, no, i i in fact i completely believe in him uh, 
i i and my my simple point would be ki it takes time for a team to have an identity uh this uh, pep guardiola has been at city since 2015 jurgen klopp has been at uh, liverpool since 2015 ole came in 2018 uh, it's not been enough he came halfway through the season uh, and i see a certain uh, a, a style of play that is there yeah i do agree that we don't play every game the same way we 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 adapt uh some games it's more about wing play some games it's more about attacking centrally some games it's a, more about long balls but that's how united has always played uh even back with sir alex ferguson it, that's how it was we never did have a one specific style of play it was always adapting like i remember against ac milan we played five in the midfield and we man marked pirlo out of the game using jisung park that's how we did it asking uh, him to so, drop back yeah that's how we did it. we we played one extra in the midfield uh, for that game and we, and it worked and we won that tie i think 7 7-3 or 7-4 <laughs> and we beat them at home <laughs> so uh, so I, i just feel that there is the there is the united identity is there in that team uh, united has never been one style of play man city irrespective whether they win or lose they play the same way uh liverpool whether they win or lose they play the same way that's not how united does it there's a different approach uh so i i do, i do not agree with uh, akash on that but uh, i mean i am i'm and yeah uh, but i still feel it's a little early because it's still been just two and a half years uh it did take jurgen klopp four seasons to win his first trophy with liverpool i think we can give uh him Ole one more season at least to decide uh, whether he is a failure or a success. Uh, so yeah, that's where at least I'm at. And personally, I don't see any better manager right now available in the market who can take United back to where it was. I genuinely, genuinely think uh, that's how it is. Uh, so Shuja, I would like to ask you a question here, where Utkarsh mentioned uh, that there is. for some clubs there is only one style of play whether you win or you lose and there is a team who adapts according to the matches or the teams they are going to play ahead when you talk about those kind of things uh, what what kind of strategy should a team uh, you know choose or how 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 do they plan up so do you agree with playing the same style and bringing in players accordingly or do you believe in changing the positions and adapting accordingly to the match and the situation because when we are talking about since you are a city supporter and city likes to play you can say in arbitrarily where a, a de bruyne who sits in the midfield can be a false nine as and when the match progresses uh, in the late second half so when you see those kind of transitions what kind of mentality would you support here uh in case of united i think i agree with what utkarsh said like every team has to play to its strength and then it depends on manager to manager as well that you know uh, what do they uh, what do they prefer like so people like pep guardiola will prefer that you know they stick to the style of play that they want but they will bring in players that they like who can play according to him in united case i feel he is just making the best of what he has so 
in that respect i think yeah, yeah what their uh, what, what the strategy is it's fine just that they need they need uh, better players in each position i feel uh, in like in starting with goalkeeper i think david de gea is past his prime he should leave we've seen that in his europa league performance like not a penalty saved and then losing it to villarreal that was not expected of him uh, and then obviously we saw him not playing in euros and you know being second to unai simon so uh, i think he should go dean henderson should play there as for uh, their defense i think it's fine uh, the left back right back pairing uh, they could have better uh, what do you say uh, backups for them uh, as for the center back pairing there in talks with varan so uh, according to me i mean varan is a good player but he's not the kind of experienced center back that they need for premier league i would have preferred if they got someone like you know how city got ruben diaz if they got someone like that like someone like kulibali or someone like that for example so i think that would have been better for them in case of midfield i think uh, they lack in the cdm department where uh, you know i think the only natural cdm that they have is uh, matic and uh, all the other midfielders are like not natural cdms pogba is not a good uh, defensive player he has costed them a lot of penalties and uh, he's playing out of position so Oh uh, yeah, so he's playing. He's not. He's not playing in his favorite position that he plays for France. So he should also. I feel he should go to. Uh, he should go to uh, PSG if you know if they're offering him more salary or if they're offering him a better position in which he's comfortable in. And uh, Van der Beek, I feel you know he would not get enough playing time as long as uh, Bruno is uh, Bruno is starting. So uh, there's more to um, there's more to it. We uh, we'll have to see next season how he pans out. And as for the attack, I feel it's like a numbers game. Numbers game, as in uh, Rashford, Sancho, and all are like really good players. But at the end of the day, you they have to score to win games. And from time to time, they they need to clutch the they need to clutch the games because I think drawing at in the Premier League when you are against a weak team is not acceptable if you are challenging for the title. Got it. got it uh putkar you want to add something to that i i think varan is a good signing uh, because ruben dias came from benfica uh, and uh, kalubali would come from italy uh, similar similar profile i just think varan brings in that winning mentality which i think this team lacks uh, so i i i disagree to that point uh, but i agree with the point that uh, we need a cdm it's it's very important for the club to bring in a cdm and uh, yeah that's okay the only thing that i wanted to add yeah in the cdm department also i feel like we were talking about lingard earlier yeah so uh, i yeah i also agree when utkar said that you know he should go and i personally believe he performs the his best when he's the best person on the pitch i don't know for some reason i feel that way like he's when he plays for west ham he does his thing uh, so it would be a really good deal if they can you know swap him for declan rice so yeah that's all i have to add for uh, okay lingard so don't say that, that point chelsea che, che, as a chelsea supporter pande will not like that man don't say don't don't yeah, i such, i definitely don't like that point suja <laughs> <laughs> i i i would find if you want declan rice to be a part of our team with oh, georginio at the center oh, of it and conte but uh, yeah georginio for balandor georginio <laughs> <laughs> so uh, concluding on the manchester united front 
um let's move on to the next topic so where we have spoken about one counterpart of manchester who what they need to do and how they have been faring to be in contention for the premier league title let's talk about the other part of manchester manchester city who has been really doing very well with their signings and bringing in pep guardiola they have only had one season where they didn't win any titles and they have won uh, i guess uh, three premier league titles of the last four season uh my question to you shuja here would be what manchester city have done rightly to be in this situation right now that they almost are unplayable or they have such good tactics of picking locks with other team i think uh, most of the credit goes to the coach for that for the way they play and the type of uh, team uh, that they have because he is he is the one who has you know uh, for a team like that and uh, while many have questioned his tactics in finals like in the champions league one barring that one particular final he has been spot on with his uh, team selections and tactics throughout the rest of the tournament like this season uh, when aguero was injured the previous season it made no sense before watching city play that you know they play without a striker and somehow i don't know he managed to do it so he managed to win a premier league without a striker so uh, i think kudos to him for that and he has uh, enough experience playing in uh, la liga and bundesliga and he has bought that uh, learning from with him uh, into the premier league and he has applied it with city and it worked out well for him it's just okay. the thing that yeah you think so when when we speak about this uh, what what signings worked for manchester city what signings did not work for manchester city because let's let's talk about leroy sane here that he was sold last season to bayern and uh, uh, has that made an impact on um, you can say manchester city not having a guy like leroy sane uh, not not really i i feel uh, i mean so far he is yet to prove himself in bayern as well i have he has played a season and i don't think he is the first choice there as well so uh, so far i it looks like city have been the winners of that loss because they ultimately clutched the premier league and uh, mares on the other hand has been doing really well uh, and uh, the the best part about their team was last season that not one particular player was firing the entire team was firing it was you know the goals were coming from mares or phil foden or sterling at times de bruyne gundogan gundogan had a massive uh, 2021 the first three months at least he scored in all in all the important games so uh, i think uh, all the players fired at that point so i don't think it was leroy sane that you know i think leroy sane was the one who yeah lost it because of his injury oh. i feel okay okay so uh, i would like to take the conversation here to akash right now and i would like to ask him uh, does he agree with whatever shuja has added to the conversation as of now regarding manchester city and yeah. would you would you uh, like to bring on some more highlights on how city has been growing over the period of time and be more so dominant on what kind of football city has been playing i agree Because, that uh, i agree yeah. that uh, most of the credit goes to manager only because uh, because uh, earlier at barca he had a playing style okay but when he went to bayern okay uh, he learned that style and combined both of them and and then he like he has the pressing also 
and he has the technical abilities to be a really good team okay for for a player to play in this city team you have to be really good at everything okay every in each position you have players who can dribble past who can pass really good so uh, as a whole city team is like uh, the whole team is world class okay and plus they have a manager like pep guardiola who is who is like uh, better than anyone when it comes to uh, like uh, playing attacking football okay uh, and also their signings uh, like okay the season when they didn't win the premier league they had they got unlucky with few injuries like laporte okay who was Uh, who 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 did really well the season before okay and uh, and they didn't have a really good defense because of they had uh, otamendi okay so he was mostly the suspect in city okay people used to blame him for the for their losses and also his major failures were claudio bravo he overcome it by signing edison mm. and after that he signed rubin diaz who who has been exceptional uh and uh, he he always comes up with something uh which is better than before that's why he's that's why that's why he's doing things the season by season without any hiccup okay yeah. okay i i completely agree to what you have brought here forward so uh uh harsh i would like to bring you into the conversation by saying that well uh the likes of city have been faring really well with their signings being after even let's say that they have spent so much money but those signings are doing really really well for them they have been making so much money there is only one uh, i would say uh, a laying back here uh, when they didn't win the champions league but apart from that winning three titles in four season i would not count that as a smaller feat where do the likes of liverpool chelsea uh, tottenham or the other big clubs challenging for the title stand in front of manchester city right now so the biggest I difference i believe uh, the biggest <clears throat> difference between a squad of chelsea or a squad of manchester city is manchester city never really feels the blunt of injuries now last season we saw how liverpool faced a series of injuries and they just could not function without van dijk without gomez uh, they had a really difficult time on the contrary uh, i mean obviously akash just mentioned the season where uh, liverpool won the league and laporte was injured but apart from that what we usually see is you know aguero was injured for most of previous season did we really feel it no mendy got injured and then zenchenko was right there to take his place i believe uh, the depth of uh, manchester city is 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 amazing and that is why they have been able to win year on year they have world class players for the same position i mean who can easily replace each other uh, but that is not the case with the chelsea's and the liverpool's and the tottenham's of the world tottenham on paper just has one striker he may be the best striker in the world but they have just one striker uh liverpool if firmino goes missing or henderson goes missing uh they don't have that spine left where they can bring in other players and they can perform obviously barcelona match 
is was a different scenario altogether but overall i believe the difference why city dominate so much is they are able to function even with one or two injuries which other teams are not able to i mean um, if say it uh, impacts it impacts their game yeah it really mm-hmm. impacts their game i mean uh, the 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 difference in the fluidity the style of play can be really felt which is something i would give big credit to uh, pep guardiola who has achieved though he has a big pocket and he can spend really huge but even having that uh, easy transition is is a difficult just one more point uh, i i think this season uh, city are going to face a little bit of challenge with sergio aguero gone uh, now uh, gabriel jesus hasn't had that kind of an action and that kind of a record i think one i i would just take the time to really appreciate what sergio aguero was able to achieve in his career and insane striker year on year wonderful performances and uh, that leaves a huge psychological gap and a talent gap in a city squad they have no it doesn't seem like they are going to replace him uh, but you never know uh, let's see they have okay. already let go of i he was not a very very good striker but yeah ihanacho was one of the strikers they had in backup but that's that's he's already gone and uh, i have my doubts on gabriel jesus okay okay um shuja you want to add something to that yeah so the only thing i wanted to add was that uh, like we were discussing about how good their uh, squad depth is and uh, how the how in, how if one or two players get injured their performance does not drop so i feel like yeah that's true the, the that is the level of performance that one needs to win the premier league because you cannot like you know leave it to chance so the, we we saw that with liverpool last season uh, that really like you know gave city a free roam like once liverpool uh, started dropping points then city didn't hold back no one another thing that i wanted to add was that uh, all the signings when they joined city right none of them you felt were like world class or a player that you should be as an opponent or a rival be uh, what do you say intimidated by like you know cancelo is a good right back but is he like the world's best or is he like you know like right now we're looking at psg squad and we're like oh my god look at bape look at neymar look at ramos or donnarumma or hakimi it's not like that Uh, Ruben Diaz also when he came, we didn't. Nobody felt intimidated by him. Like, okay, fine, he's just. We'll see him. They playing in that types. But I think for that, uh, Guardiola really needs credit because he has taken players that were not so world class and he has turned them into world class. Obviously, he made them pick together. Yeah, when you look at them as a team, they look world class. But when you individually point them out, right? You you have like, okay, he's a good player. you will not say that who is very world class now they have become world class like de bruyne foden foden also he's not i mean i wouldn't say he's world class as of now he's a good talent but he is you know making them what their output can be he's giving making them produce like five times of it kyle walker is in kyle walker as well so what kyle walker could have done in tottenham he is doing at least five times of that in city that's where i think guardiola has changed city it is not about like just because he has a huge pocket he is making really good of what he has uh, beat zinchenko or uh, laporte or uh, john stones okay fine he paid money for like he he has spent money 
but uh, he has also like you know developed those players into world class players okay so when we talk about this right so since city has a good deep squad and um, they really fill in for their players who are unavailable at the moment um harsh does it make sense for you that uh, city could spend 150 million or that's what the asking price for harry kane is right now so spending 150 million on harry kane or um uh, spending close to 100 million on a jack grealish uh i don't honestly feel they need a jack grealish i mean um, look at the current squad they have right now there's gundogan there is sterling there's mares there's de bruyne there's foden i mean i wouldn't take foden out for uh, there's bernardo silva you missed out bernardo, bernardo silva. silva right and uh, i mean even uh, ferran torres isn't that bad is it <laughs> rodrigo isn't bad you have the <laughs> best of uh, uh, best of the best uh, i mean he's past his prime but you have fernandinho as well in that squad so i mean would you really take out uh, phil foden and put in jack grealish i don't think so no i won't do that what okay. i really need okay. right now as 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 uh, from the manchester city's perspective is i do need a striker i cannot go into the season with just jesus uh he won't be i mean if they go with it it will be i mean just i mean he would either play sterling uh, as a as a false nine or de bruyne as a false nine or he would make a striker out of a midfielder just the way he made a defender out of a midfielder in uh, uh, zinchenko um that way uh, guardiola is really good but i think yes if kane is coming why not okay so and, and that is where i was coming again so do they really need to bring in a player or since guardiola is very good at transforming his players into something he needs them uh, to be why can someone not fill in the shoes right there shuja kat do you do you really think that every season spending close to 100 150 million for a team even though it is not a problem but does it really make sense to you here or does it does it validate your theory of having a striker there as much as i love kane i would not uh, feel uh, i would feel it would be a a uh, mistake on city's part to pay more than 100 million for him i mean he is uh, okay he is not a youngster like haland or someone like you you know you invest for the future he okay fine he is he is in his prime but uh, 150 million for kane and 100 million for grealish in my opinion 100 million plus buys don't work out well okay they <laughs> they don't work out well it, it because, has a curse to it yeah because you cannot expect that 150 million worth player to become 180 in the future it will only come down and uh, if he's not uh, you know living up to the mark and scoring the amount of goals is expected out of him okay he will obviously if i pay 150 million for a player i will want him to like you know win gold and boot in premier league and you know i should win premier league <laughs> with that kind of money that i'm investing but if they do spend money on 100 million on grealish i yeah like i agree with what her said uh, he we city doesn't really need grealish but uh, who knows maybe sterling is not up to the mark and maybe if they want to replace him what plans they have we'll find out only by the end of the transfer window but yeah if they do spend 100 million i mean i just wish them good luck and i mean it is well when the right they have on the premier league they do have the money for it 
so yeah that's all i have but in my opinion i wouldn't spend 150 million or 100 million on jack relish i would rather you know get a good prospect for much cheaper and you know do what pep guardiola does best make him world class in that system um, any outgoing any outgoing city, players from city there are uh, rumors of uh, offloading bernardo silva emerick laporte laporte majorly due to lack of playing time because uh, john stones and ruben dias will eat up half of the playing time and laporte is not that far behind eric I mean, garcia has already left eric garcia has already left to barcelona and uh, part of that has left to barcelona aguero has left to barcelona and i hope laporte also comes to barcelona then <laughs> <laughs> yeah then it would be something it would be it would be like you know barca and <laughs> city are like para, you know brothers yeah. sisters brother and sisters winning all the yeah. cups and leagues and chuja on the seventh heaven right <laughs> yeah exactly to be honest i think i think godiola is like i don't know he 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 loves barcelona so much that he helps them out so much in all these things huh? like, <laughs> yeah definitely we we definitely agree with you on that chuja uh so um so let's 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 get to the end of it and to um, see um, how the season is going to move forward and how things need to be better on united's and city's front and what city has done right or what united need to do um is there anything you want to add for the uh, rest of the teams who are going to aim to challenge for yes. the title on how how uh, how can they be in contention with the cities and the united and the chelsea and the liverpool i think uh, city and liverpool it's 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 always a for the past two seasons three seasons i've seen that it's always a race between two player uh, two teams it, that is city and liverpool i have high expectations from chelsea uh, not because of the players they have but because of the manager they have i don't expect them to you know uh, like finish third and fourth i expect them to at least you know give a tough competition to top uh, to the top two to at least you know give a uh, what do you say Uh, give, a fight for the title. Yeah, yeah. I give a give City and Liverpool a fight for the title. Although I do feel that they are still a young team and uh, they might go wrong here and there. But City and Liverpool, I feel, are more established and you know, for them, it's and they play together as well. That chemistry is there. So yeah, I still feel that top four is going to be your City, Liverpool, United, and Chelsea. With United, I'm being fourth. and top to any of city and liverpool we'll have to see harsh do you have do you agree with this so after years of struggling uh, liverpool <laughs> being talked about liverpool like that gives me <laughs> and say uh, your bliss to you your bliss i mean i i mean 5 years ago i couldn't have ever imagined that someone in a podcast would be saying that okay Liverpool is in contention for the title. It was always the Liverpool fans going, "Okay, this year is going to be our year." But yeah, time is here, and uh, big credit to Jurgen Klopp. Thank you, Klopp, for uh, choosing Liverpool and doing what he did. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, uh, I uh, I have a, a surprise contender uh, from the perspective of the top four that was mentioned. i think uh, apart from chelsea uh, i would like to place my bets on leicester city once again i mean leicester is doing really well and they have a they have a strong squad 
and they have some players that have really impressed me, especially the midfielders Telemans and Madison. And uh, one signing that has went their way is Ihanacho. Um, he has come in and he has provided that width as well as that uh, fluidity in the center. Uh, they have recently acquired also a player known as Patson Daka. And uh, let's see. I I like Brendan Rodgers. Obviously, my <laughs> alliance. Ex Liverpool. Everyone's talking about how we are helping our older, uh, the yeah. older teams to get forward. And I don't do think Leicester. Uh, <laughs> Leicester has been helping uh, Liverpool in any way. I mean, uh, uh, they are always a tough opposition to go to. But uh, I mean, I like the style of Brendan Rodgers. Even when he was in Liverpool, he he played some real fluid football, and he has done that with Leicester. in the in the same regard i think if they if leicester city just buys like a couple of central defenders and maybe one uh, attacking uh, atta- i mean they have a lot of there's barnes there's uh, all brighton but uh, yeah uh, apart from that i feel top 4 is going to be uh, songchu is uh, i think he plays in defense Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah. That being said, uh, top four for me is gonna be Chelsea, Liverpool, uh, City, and Leicester. I mean, it's a draw between. I I can't really decide between Chelsea <laughs> and uh, Chelsea and oh, United. Oh, you can't decide between a Chelsea and a Leicester City. That's that's going Chelsea to be and a, that's... Chelsea and a United. I'm pretty sure <laughs> Leicester is gonna be in top four this season. <laughs> Definitely, definitely, I'll, 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 I'll pull you back to this when the season is over next, next year. So, uh, I, I genuinely feel. To, yeah. Uh, yes. So, uh, Cheers, you were saying uh, something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, what I would like to uh, say here to our listeners is, uh, let's talk about Leicester City. How they have made some really, really great signings, and uh, they have been continuously impressing, and the tremendous job Brendan Rodgers is doing. so you'll be listening from us on Leicester City in the next episode thank you guys thank you for your time today